Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Fringe. Today we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 17, titled Bad Dreams. Uh, Yet another phenomenal episode that, interestingly enough, Two episodes in a row now, we are kind of subverting the typical fringe formula. Because usually, how this works is we're investigating strange occurrences that happen to other people. Strange events that result in the deaths of other people, that center around other people. Olivia Dunham investigating other people. But now... In this twist of fate, that microscope ends up turning in on itself, and we now have Olivia Dunham investigating herself when she starts having these dreams about killing people, and those exact people wind up dead in the exact places she saw them die in almost the exact same circumstances, minus her involvement. Like... We have that opening sequence where she has the dream about pushing a woman in front of a subway train. And that woman turns out, like, jumped. Next day, a news report comes on and the woman jumped in front of the subway train. Right in front of her, uh, in front of her baby, which is absolutely heartbreaking. And Olivia investigates that, looks at camera footage, and... Uh, she doesn't see herself there at all, and she's like, why, why did I dream about this? Why did I dream about this? I was there, I was there, I was there. And then she has the second dream about being in the restaurant, and the woman, like, gets mad at her husband, uh, accusing him of cheating, and, like, Olivia basically guides this woman's hand as she stabs her husband to near death, uh, and they do say... Eventually, that the husband is going to die. She essentially gutted him, in the words of that doctor. And she's just investigating this, investigating this, and kind of just really distraught and unsure what the hell happened, what the hell she's seen. And she keeps sort of spiraling and 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 spiraling. Like, this is sort of, you can see it sort of eating away at her. And Anna Torv does an incredible job of selling this, does an incredible job and gives an incredible performance as this. It's very, very convincing. Like, she's sort of not necessarily losing her grip, but losing her emotional anchor point. Uh, She starts kind of taking leaps that she wouldn't otherwise. Uh, She starts grilling witnesses in ways she wouldn't do normally. Uh, When she's at the restaurant and wants to know uh, who the person was sitting at the table she was in in her dream uh, because the cup shattered in her dream and the cup shattered in the actual place. Uh, She, like, pins him against a table 
and is way more aggressive than she would be otherwise. Like, and she's taking caffeine pills and just getting irritable and terrified. Uh, she starts jumping the gun and using FBI resources without Broyles' permission. By the way, I absolutely adore the scene where she confesses what's happening to Broyles. And Broyles is just reacting, like, not as, like, a superior scolding his subordinate, but, like, out of genuine concern, while also maintaining some hint of professionalism, like, but actually acting out of genuine concern for her. Like, it's really, really great, and I love that moment, and I think that is a very defining moment for Broyles as a character, like, to see sort of where where his heart really lies, like, how he's sort of grown attached to Dunham. It's, it's so good. Like, it's such a great dynamic, and they explore it very, very well. And then eventually, we're able to identify the person. Uh, The guy who was at the restaurant, who the guy Olivia pinned to the table, identified... Uh, who is also on surveillance footage at the subway, is this dude, Nick Lane. And we look into Nick Lane. He was at a mental hospital uh, before he checked himself out. He was self-admitted. And apparently, like, he was at that hospital, and then some lawyer came, gave a large inheritance, and then he just sort of left and disappeared And he was talking in a way, uh, these were called delusions by the people at the mental institution. He was talking in a way that sounds an awful lot like the ZFT manifesto. Talking about, uh, soldiers... In a coming war against another universe. Uh, recruits. How he was a recruit. Uh, and blah, 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 blah. And he was going to be called to fight in this war. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of talk from Nick Lane that sounds awfully close to the ZFT. So this... Add some extra question marks. And then we find out uh, that he was born about the same time as Olivia Dunham in Jacksonville, where Olivia is from and where the other Cortexafan trials were held. So at this point, we now have to come to a reckoning about what the hell Cortexafan is. Olivia goes into Walter's room and is like, hey, tell me about Cortexafan. And Walter starts talking about the experimentations that William Bell did and that Walter sort of consulted on a lot. And Walter sort of had involvement, excuse me, getting burpy, uh, Walter sort of had involvement with. And I love, I absolutely adore how Peter is just constantly calling him out on the 
child experimentation. Like, Walter says things, gives exposition about what happened during the Cortexafan trials, and Peter's just like, no, 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 let's talk about the fact that you experimented on children. Let's talk about that. Let's let's actually spend some time diving into that, because what the hell? Let's spend some time diving into that, because holy crap, you experimented on children. Like, it's such an amazing, amazing sequence. And we find out that basically what is happening, Walter basically comes to the conclusion that if Cortex Fan is involved, and this was the drug that stopped limitations on brain development, and Nick had abilities, which by the way, it's looking likely that he was activated. The abilities lie dormant, but he was activated by whoever showed up, whatever shady-ass lawyer type with his inheritance showed up and started talking like ZFT and all that, uh, looking a hell of a lot like he was activated, basically, sort of in a way that uh, David Robert Jones wanted to do with Olivia. So basically... If that is Cortex fan abilities newly activated, Walter basically comes to the conclusion that it is possible that he is activated, he is acting in an empathic way where he is feeling, and they make it very clear by this point, he is feeling very suicidal, he has a lot of self loathing. This was before he got activated with Cortexafan. This was before those abilities came up, and they just persisted. When Cortexafan got activated in his system, those feelings of self of self loathing and of self hatred and of isolation uh, and suicidal thoughts that basically became like this unintentional weapon that he kept accidentally using without being able to control it. He is basically killing people with his feelings. Uh, on the subway, he wanted to jump himself. He wanted to kill himself. And the woman caught that feeling and jumped herself before Nick could do it. In the restaurant, there were all those happy couples triggered feelings of abandonment. And that fear of abandonment was caught by this woman who stabbed her husband. And so on and so forth. His self-loathing and his suicidal tendencies are spreading to other people, and he's accidentally killing them. He's accidentally causing their deaths. And the reason that... Olivia is seeing all of this happen is that she was a absolutely part of the Cortexafan trials. We finally get a full-blown admission from Olivia that like, okay, yeah, I might have been I might have gotten Cortexafan. I might have been treated with Cortexafan. That's entirely possible that I was that that was absolutely a thing. Cortexafan might have been a thing. That I had in my system. And I might have been part of those trials. So that. 
And then... Apparently, the Cortexafan trials... Uh, the Cortexafan children were paired off in groups. Uh, like the buddy system. Which Walter compares to summer camp. And Peter just flat out calls him out on this. Like, hey, um, did you just compare experimenting on children to summer camp? And... Apparently, Olivia and Nick Lane were in a group. And apparently, when you're in a group and have Cortex fan, like, bonds are formed. When you're in those partnerships, bonds are created. And they sort of continue on into adulthood. Uh, the bonding sort of keeps going. That bond sort of lingers in your subconscious. And that's why every time Olivia falls asleep, Olivia is seeing these things that Nick is doing accidentally. She's catching these, like, waves of feelings. And her mind is translating them into dreams, into images that she can understand. Which is why... She is getting the visual representation of her pushing that woman in front of the subway. Her guiding that woman's hand to stab her husband. And so on and so forth. So now we get this awesome scene that I really, really love. And is so cleverly handled. Where Walter basically hypnotizes Olivia into going into REM sleep. And just goes through this guided state. Just goes through this guided dream of seeing what Nick Lane sees. Seeing what Nick Lane does. And recounting all of that. And so we see Olivia watch Nick Lane and act out as Nick Lane. uh, Going to this strip club and hooking up with this stripper. Who they constantly say dancer for. They're using the PG term. Which, fine. Whatever. Uh, We see her as Nick Lane sort of hooking up with this stripper. And then after that's passed, he starts to hate himself and want to die. And that translates to the stripper. And we see Olivia, like, guide her hand as she, like, slits her own throat. It's a really fantastic sequence. On a lighter, not-in-any-way-aft-up note... Uh, I do love the moment. This is just, like, really, really funny. Where Olivia, as Nick Lane, starts to, um, have some sexy times with this stripper. And, like, we see her, like, moaning and all that. Like, just as she's feeling it happening. Is this technically a threesome? I don't know why my brain went there. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why my brain went there, but it's just like, I think I think that's technically a threesome. Okay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I love that we see her experience the pleasures. And one by one, everyone in the lab, like, realizes, like, oh, <laughs> that's happening. <laughs> and we... Astrid realizes at first, like, oh. And Peter realizes, like, oh. And then Walter 
<laughs> Walter being the innocent soul that he is, just like, what, 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 you, what is happening? I don't know. And then he eventually figures it out and is like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's just a funny moment. I really, really like the reactions there. But anyway, we have that moment, uh, and we're able to find out where Nick Lane lives, and we actually go to his apartment, and there is a big wall of articles relating to ZFT, relating to Cortexafan, relating to a possible alternate universe, and all of that. And what I especially love is written on the wall is what is written will come to pass, basically confirming, like, yeah, this dude's read ZFT, cover to cover. Like, this dude knows the ZFT. He lives, eats, breathes, sleeps ZFT. There's also an article about a two-headed goat, which is great. Oh, what... What 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 publication is this? Can I get a subscription? <laughs> Walter really wants a two-headed goat. <laughs> uh, but as this is happening, Nick Lane is sort of walking down the street, ready to, uh, gearing up for another suicide, and is sort of like collecting people accidentally. Like as he walks by certain individuals, they start getting in line behind him and just basically start following him to their deaths. And we get, like, all these people on the top of this building just sort of lining the rooftops, lining the ledges of the rooftops. And we get this amazing rooftop sequence when Olivia goes up there and talks to him under the assumption that maybe she'll be immune to his emotional waves. And we get this meeting between the two of them. Nick Lane very much remembers Olivia. We get the first use of, apparently, her childhood nickname, Olive, which... Who calls Olivia Olive? What Olivia... What person named Olivia on the planet ever goes by Olive? I mean, I guess it's a cute kid nickname, but that's something that's always bothered me a little bit. Like, just... Who... What person named Olivia in their right mind, would go, I want to be Olive. I want that to be my nickname. Again, like, cute kid thing, but, like, what person would want to, like, I I imagine any kid who is called Olive, short for Olivia as a child, just grows up, like, hating that nickname. Like, I imagine Olivia Dunham, every time someone, uh, (laughs) someone refers to her as Olive, just goes, God damn it, so many mistakes were made. I have so many regrets. (laughs) I have so many regrets about this. But we had this great conversation between Nick Lane and Olivia. Nick Lane is like, I want to die. I don't want to hurt people anymore. This guy came and said all the right things, said all the old words. Uh, activated me, and he said he was going to wake me up, but I don't want to be awake. Like, this isn't what I wanted. Like, I don't want to be this, like, emotional atom bomb. Like, this is horrible. Like, I don't want to hurt all these people. Like, shoot me. Please shoot me, or I will jump, and they will all jump with me. I don't want to do that. And 
like the amazing resolution to that where Olivia just shoots him in the leg. It, it, it's it's an amazing sequence. It really, really is. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal moment. And then this all leads to our ending. All of this is wrapped up. Nick Lane is put in a medically induced coma indefinitely. Massive dynamic again refuses to say anything about Cortexofan. And Walter puts on a tape from back in the days of the Cortexofan trials. And it's a tape of William Bell and Walter Bishop confronting Olivia after an incident occurred. We don't know the details of this incident, but we do know all the ra- all the walls around young Olivia are very charred, are very much burned. So Olivia did something as a kid. We don't know what. And Walter definitely personally experimented on Olivia herself. And either forgot, as he does, or really, really, really didn't want to say. So there's that. Yeah, uh, Cortexafan. It's a big thing, and we're gonna spend a lot of time talking about it. Uh, only three episodes left in this first season. So yeah. Hope you... Hope you're ready. <laughs> because this season, there's some more stuff in there. There's some more really, really good stuff in there. It ends on a really strong note. Uh, And I cannot wait to talk about these last three episodes, which for you will be like a full 24 hours. For me, it'll be like I record this and then immediately go to the next one because I'm in this hate loop of pre-RTX bank recordings. So, yeah. Uh, I immediately regret all my life choices that have led me to this moment of just doing a 10-episode hate loop. Uh, (laughs) If you like this... Favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows, and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show, patreon.com slash Thomas Clark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that's not work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow, we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 18. Talk to you then.